Hey everybody, it's Juliana Zobrist, author of Pull It Off, and you are listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. Thanks for tuning in. Do what God puts right in front of you. God puts something right in front of you. Do it to the best of your ability, to the best of your strength, because that's what you're called to do at this very moment. And let God take care of the rest. Wow, I love her energy. Thank you, Juliana Zobrist, for the introduction. Juliana was on our last show, episode 120, where we talked about her new book, Pull It Off, Removing Your Fears and Putting on Confidence. Uh, what a great conversation. Go to onfaithsedge.com slash 120 to hear that conversation. Well, hello. Welcome to the 121st episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. I am really excited to bring you today's guest, Jay Payleitner. Uh, Jay and I got to meet each other uh, several months back, and he is one passionate guy. He is the author of more than 20 books, having sold more than one half million copies, including the best-selling 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad, Quick Tips for Busy Families, Lifeology, and the subject of today's conversation, What If God Wrote Your Bucket List? Jay also served as the executive director for the Illinois Fatherhood Initiative and is a featured writer for the National Center for Fathering at fathers.com. In today's conversation, Jay and I talk about what is the concept of God writing our bucket list? How do we melt our own bucket list with what God wants for us? And among the 52 bucket list items covered in his book, we talk about drive through a storm, go to funerals, get fired, be last in line, and live grudge-free. Jay, why do we need a bucket list? Uh, Joe, I think everybody's got a bucket list, don't they? I mean, First one on my bucket list is buy a bucket. <laughs> See, we're already laughing up, up, up top here. No, everybody's got a bucket list, you know, and it might be big magical things. They, they want to, you know, uh, swim with sharks, and they want to climb Mount Everest, and they want to go hot air ballooning or, or make a million bucks before they're 30. And you know what? Go for it. Absolutely. If if you want, if you got these kind of dreams that that you found someplace, go for it. Good, that bucket list things are good. But I got to tell you, a lot of things that are on your bucket list might not be on God's bucket list. What is the concept of God's bucket list? Because your book is, as we heard, what if God wrote your bucket list? God God's bucket list is going to be things that you have to understand. You had to grab onto some things before we leave this life. There's some truths that we got to grab onto. That if you just stumble through life unintentionally, you're not going to, you're not going to pursue these things. You got to pursue truth. You got to pursue some understandings of, of who God is and that there is evil in the world, uh, that, that there are angels out there that, that might come across your paths, that life does have a purpose and that we are supposed to create. So there are things that you need to grab onto, some truths you need to grab onto, uh, that, uh, I think God wants us to understand. And, and it's all sprinkled all through scripture. From your perspective, mm. Are there specific things that God wants for us on his bucket list for us? Well, there are some certainly that, that are specific to everybody. You have to understand the concept of grace and that God created the world, that we're here for a purpose, uh, that we're not just uh, uh, prim- primordial ooze and just living and, living and dying and, and, and it's meaningless. There is a meaning here. That's those, and, then the, and then everybody also has 
There are things that are specific to their individual giftedness, whether that was a gift they were born with or a gift they got as a spiritual gift when they became when they were uh, born again. So, um, and you, so if you're uh, if you're if you were have a servant, if you, one of your gifts, one of your spiritual gifts is, is service, then you better be intentional about harvesting that gift because that's your responsibility. You got to know that. You got to think it through. You got to maybe talk to people. You got to take those those kind of little test things and where your spiritual gifts are. So we have a responsibility. I think God has given us. A chance to uh, to kind of give back to him that might be a way to think about it. How do we how do we meld our own personal bucket list with the things God wants for us? If I your bucket list is to uh, you know go snorkeling in the Bahamas, go for it. Absolutely, God wants us to to pursue our own and to pursue life and have and have joy in our life and and things. But that's that particular thing might not be on God's bucket list. So it's maybe you keep two lists. But again, you got to prioritize uh, where God is, uh, where God's calling you. Let's talk about some of the points in this book. Drive through the storm. The book is "What If God Wrote Your Bucket List," and it's fifty-two short chapters, and it's fifty-two things you got to kind of grab onto. And this particular chapter, I'm glad you picked that one out. It's it's it's, uh, it's a moving story. It's a, it's a moment in my life where I kind of kind of go, "Oh, this God is who He says He is." So let me take you back to J. P. Leitner when he was about ten years old. Um, my grandparents, we lived in the Midwest in the Chicago area. My grandparents lived in Albuquerque. We did a camping trip. And so we're camping and we, we camped down to spend a week with them. And then we're spending a week doing a camping trip on the way back, going from west to east across the country from Albuquerque back to Chicago. So we're driving. And uh, in the middle of the day, a beautiful sunny day, in the middle, we see there's a storm. And so, yeah, as you do, you, in the station wagon, you drive through the storm and the windshield wipers are flashing. And you come out of the storm. It was just a downburst, but it was last maybe 45 minutes for an hour. And uh, so you get on the other side. It's sunny. We find a campground. We set up our tent. And it's beautiful. And then, of course, through the night, this, that storm catches up with us and goes through and blasts us. So you wake up and the tent is wet and you're kind of trying to get, make breakfast in the, in the damp and, and it's okay. No problem. Because uh, the storm has passed. Okay, so we're driving west to east now. Imagine this, Joe. We're driving west to east. What happens again that later that day? We're driving and we come to the same storm. And what do my parents do? They drive through the storm again. We did that five times. <laughs> because <laughs> over the course of the we and we set up our wet tents we, we we set up a damp tent and you it's a nice day though and then the storm comes through overnight here's the point one of those days just about the last day we get up it's a sunday morning and my folks because it's it's who they are and how they raised us we're going to find a church to go to so we pull up to the church to a, to a little church uh, I, I still remember it it was the last service was letting out so we didn't, we didn't get to go to a church service. Oh, no. Uh, but so we still, my folks uh, kind of brought us in. We sat in the last pew. It was a stunning moment of realization for this little boy right here, J.P. Lightner, when I was about 10 years old. It's like, oh, uh, we're here. This is important. This God exists. We drove through these storms. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I was bedraggled and wet and cold. But, but again, that it's a little bit of a brokenness, and, and the awe of who God was struck me. So, of course, the metaphor is that we all have storms to drive through, and there's sun on either side of them. We need to drive through the storm because God's going to pick us up and put our, and put our feet on the, on, the, on the rock, and we can survive through that. So it was a moment of me 
moment for me, but in the book, What If God Were Your Bucket List, on your bucket list, you have to have those moments where you go, holy cow, God is who he is. He's, he's in control. He's looking over us. There's storms that come, that kind of thing. So, so on your bucket list, ladies and gentlemen, please check off the box. God is who he says he is. God is who he says he is, and he's God for his sake. And when you're going through that storm, I personally love thunderstorms. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, when I was a little kid back in 1974, some devastating tornadoes came through our area. So I don't want to make light of the event. I remember looking out of a basement window, seeing a tornado come through the west side of Cincinnati. Oh, my. At that time, as a little kid realizing the danger of a tornado but understanding that because of where i am i'm safe when i look back and dovetail that into christianity i was safe from that storm because i was i was in the basement when we're driving through the storms of life we're safe from that storm because we're with god i love thunders to this day i will stand outside of my porch with my wife and my kids <laughs> yelling at me come inside because i want to experience this awesome power firsthand and when we're driving through storms i like your concept of drive through the storm because you got to go through it mm. and if you're going to go through it because it's in god's hands jay experience the moment and it's, go through that storm. And it's the idea that that he's 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 bigger than us, and he's big enough to take care of the business, take a take care of business. Go to funerals. <laughs> uh, another one of the chapters in the book. What if God wrote your bucket list? I think we need to to go to funerals, and we've all been to. There's three. There's two types of funerals, maybe three types. One would be when a, a young person who uh, passes away, and that is just a, it's a, a, a young person with so much potential. That's a that's, it breaks your heart, that kind of thing. But the, the the folks who have lived a good long life, there are two kinds of funerals: the ones who who have rejected God, and uh, and it's 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 heartbreaking to to think about that. Their whole life, and they and they didn't uh, grab on to. Uh, to who God was. They didn't come to that understanding. And then you've been to funerals, Joe, and I have too, and most of your listeners have been, where it's just a party. These people lived a, a good long life, and they poured into, they poured into to ministry, and they poured into the people around them. And, and it doesn't matter if they had kids or grandkids, but the point is that there are people going, man, this person, this person counted for God. We need to go, to go to funerals. People are scared of funerals. I'm, I'm not, because you go and you, it makes you realize, realize that, that uh, our days are numbered, that God has ordained the number of our days, and we need to come to that realization. Uh, which comes, reminds me of the one story that my little, my son Max, when he was about eight years old, he said, uh, we told him that we were going to awake. We were going to awake for a, uh, and uh, we got out of the car and he wanted to know where the swimming suit, where, why didn't we bring the swimming suits? <laughs> he thought we were going to the lake. That's funny. <laughs> so uh, whether that has anything to do with the story or not. Uh, uh, still brings a smile. <laughs> still, still makes us laugh. So go to wakes, go to funerals, ladies and gentlemen, and think about think about what life means and death, and think about what death means. Funerals are one of those things that you're right. You you can look at it in two ways. You can be sad at the loss sure. or celebrate oh, the life. Yeah. Well, and you, uh, and it's okay to do both at the same right. time. Yeah. Every time I go to a funeral, it forces me to personally reflect mm. and say, "What are people going to say at my funeral?" What are, they, yeah. what are, they, what are oh, people yeah. going to say about, about my contribution, about how I live life for God? What would God say? 
Well, my dad passed away uh, a few years back, and uh, my I have four sons and a daughter. My boys all got up and spoke, and we and in each of their talks, each of the little you know little four minute, five minute little, little memories, we wept and we laughed, and so I, I my dad was honored at, at that point. Um, and the last thought on that would be preachers who say, "Well, he's in a better place now." And this guy might not because he was a scoundrel, and and it's not up to you or me to judge. It's not Joe. You and I can't. Decide, I get it, man. I get judge, it. Judge, judge. You don't know what decision else. he made at the yes. last minute. And... But um, but if this guy was a scoundrel and he rejected Christ, and then the preacher says, or the the pastor who's ever doing the service says, well, he's in a better place now, or we're going to see him later on. I want to go. I want to shake the pastor. I want to turn around and stand up and say, ladies and gentlemen. We get one chance here on earth, and uh, we gotta we gotta find Christ as our Savior. Otherwise, we're not gonna see our loved ones again. A couple more items on on God's bucket list here. Then I want to talk a little bit about the kind of the core message of the book. Mm. Get fired. <laughs> well, oh golly. Um, well, Joe, I am a successful author. I've so, I've written twenty some books, sold a half a million copies, uh, do speaking, national speaking, but um, I can trace all that back to some of the really cruddy jobs I had where I got fired and it wasn't, I, I sold, I sold photo, photocopiers out of college. I was the A.B. Dick salesman. Hi, hi, I'm the A.B. Dick guy. Don't buy that Xerox or Minolta or Canon copy or some name you recognize and trust. Buy my, it was terrible. I was terrible at it. And just before I got fired, I ended up another job in sales selling law books. And I was terrible at that. But then my faith was growing and I was, and I, and I got my act together and I realized I had to use my creative gifts and my wife and I were praying and talking, and we kind of were hitting bottom at that point because the mud. The, well, I was two months behind on my mortgage, but she and I joined each other down in the pit. We were we working together and, and praying, and our faith was growing. And I ended up at a little at a little ad a little little teeny ad agency in Chicago, Michigan Avenue, uh, where I could use my creative gifts. And then, well, six months later, I got fired from that job. But that was okay because I had been to other agencies showing my samples. And they said, well, Jay, we don't hire new writers, but if you have experience, come back. And I had experience. I came back, and I, and I got, made, made more money. And again, in Advertising Michigan Avenue, I was, I was polishing my gifts and writing. But again, I got pushed out of jobs and got fired from jobs. I'm really not a very good boss. I'm really not a very good employee. I tell you, I've been working on my own now for the last 25 years. You know, God, here's the point. God uses it all. You know what? Anybody listening? If you get if you got if you get fired next week, it'll be a terrible, horrible, hard day. But you know what? God's going to use that. I promise you down the road because God uses it all. Again, back to very similar to the to the storms. Drive through the storms. God is in control. Mm. If we understand that God is in control, accept that God is in He's in control anyway, whether we accept <laughs> it or not. If we allow ourselves to be in that moment. And, and experience the moment and feel it and live it and see what's around you and just experience the moment knowing that God's in control, whether it be a storm, or whether it be getting fired. I know it's hard, but when you get fired to say, okay, getting fired is a devastating thing, but what does that make possible? Mm. And, you, and you don't know, and God does. And he, well, here's the, the, the last thought on being fired might be this. Uh, we need to grab onto that, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, all things work together, even getting fired, getting fired. But you have to embrace that and grab onto that verse, 
bef- in the good times, when, you, when things are going well, so that you can use it when the, uh, when the crud hits the fan, let's say, Joe. When, when bad stuff happens, that's, if your buddy gets fired, the next day don't say, oh, you know, God works all things for good. Because he, <laughs> he's going to, wait a second, get out of here. Don't, don't, don't tell me that. But actually, you can tell him that in a few weeks, or you can tell him that a few weeks before that. But in the moment, just love, love, love on your buddy just, who gets fired. Amen. Amen. <laughs> And then we have be last in line. <laughs> uh, another chapter in the book. That's something that we need to grab onto as humans on our bucket list is the understanding that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. But it goes back to that, that great story uh, in uh, Mark chapter 9 it is when, uh, when Jesus is walking from, I think, from Galilee to Capernaum and the, the 12 disciples, I think all 12 of the disciples are with him and they're arguing <laughs> who's going to be first in line, who's, who's going to be at your, my, your right side, that kind of thing. And Jesus is just shaking his head and he goes, man, uh, 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 you guys, you know, whoever welcomes one of these little children, that's who's going to be first. So the idea that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, literally, perhaps... If, you, if you're going someplace, let others go ahead of you. That's, that's really good, just good advice to be a, a, a Christian who just gives and surrenders his place. But um, uh, spiritually, uh, the last shall be first uh, and the first shall be last. So allow yourself yeah. in this busy world, this is busy this what world. you're saying, in this busy world put where we're first. all in a hurry, put, put others first. where we want to get, where we want to get, we need to get to the exit first. <laughs> we're not letting them merge. <laughs> Where we want to, we want to be quick to the to the shortest line at the grocery store. Take a moment. Is this what you're saying, Jay? Take a moment. Let somebody well, go ahead of you. Well, and it's a gift to them, and it is really a gift to yourself. Our priorities. Now, I understand you got to get you got. We all got places to go. That kind of thing, and it kind of parallels with the idea of be still and know that I am God. Because if you can be still and let others go ahead, sometimes take a breath, relax. Um, if you've ever been on a mission trip, I went to on a mission, a few mission trips short term with Josh McDowell. Boy, the, 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 we say over and over again, flex. Just be ready to flex and be patient and relax because you're, uh, you might be the only, and you've heard this line before, Joe, you've probably used it. You might be the only Christian that anybody ever sees. You might be the only Bible that anybody sees. So your actions, your patience, your giftedness, your generosity, Letting see people go first. So be last in line. Let's practice letting somebody else go ahead of you in the grocery store line. Let's practice let that car who may have just blew by you and you're you're in this fit because you by gosh, he's not going to get by me. I'm not going to let him. Joe, in. it sounds like you've experienced dude, that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> drive with me on Monday mornings. Dude. Practice just letting them go. Yeah. Whether you think they deserve it or not. Let them go ahead. I think you're feeding your soul Let's when you do that. that. Yeah. Let's practice that, man. Live grudge-free. Buddy Hackett, the comedian that probably most of your listeners don't remember, oh, Buddy Hackett, funny little guy, used to say, uh, "Don't." I never hold grudges because when I'm holding a grudge, the person I'm holding a grudge, he's out dancing. Um, and, and that's so true. If you've if you got a grudge against somebody, and we all kind of do, uh, somebody who burned you, somebody who it might be real serious that they, they, they built you out of lots of money or they stole your girlfriend, something that, that but, you know, we got to let that go. And if you live grudge-free, it's, it's that, that peace of God that surpasses all understanding because you will never have that peace if you're holding grudges against people. So there's, in the chapter that I talk a little bit about some, some examples that I've experienced and let go. Yeah, live grudge-free is, I think, on God's bucket list for our life to be able to learn to live. And uh, it, that goes along with forgiveness. 
And grace. Um, and, and, oh, and giving grace. Uh, now, there's the school of thought that, you know, you don't have to forgive somebody unless they've asked for forgiveness. And I'm not sure where you stand on that. And certainly, you want to, that person can't be healed until they have asked for forgiveness. And then you forgive them, and everybody's all happy again. But if they never come to you, someone who burned you, somebody who did some damage against you, maybe hurt you, if, you, if, if you're, they'll, you may, they, they're human, and they're broken, they're broken, and they're sinners, as we all are. But they're, they're not going to come back. You can't expect them to come back and say, oh, Jay, oh, Joe, will you forgive me? They, somehow you have to understand how you got to let that grudge go. you got to kind of forgive them. Again, there's, a, there's that gray area there that, oh, golly, it's really impossible. And, uh, and uh, you could have spiritual theological debates on that. But the idea of letting grudges go, if you, if you can't really forgive them, at least let the grudge go. Does that make sense? I mean, it does. I mean, there's a theology here that I'm not a pastor. Well, it's, so. it's, it's all the idea. You know, the, the, what is the what is the definition of forgiveness? Right. And, and we're not going to explore that here. But the concept is, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. No longer live in that moment. No longer live in that moment. Move forward. Allow yourself to move forward. Mm. If they want to complete and heal the relationship, they can come to you. Yeah. But your job yeah. is to die to that moment. Mm. Your job is to die to that moment in a very similar way that Christ died on the cross. And, the if, cross. and if the individual who, who burned you doesn't go there, God is going to take care of that, going to clean up that mess in, in the way uh, he chooses to draw him t- towards him or not. You have a handful of core messages in this book. I want to talk about what success is versus what success is in God's economy. Hmm. Well, um, I think we all have a sense that uh, success is not just having enough food, but having more food than you need. Not just having a car that runs, but having a, a, a bigger, nicer, better car. Bigger, nicer success is, is ever so much more than, than we really need. Uh, in God's economy, I think, think success is is coming to uh, the, the moments of realization that there, there is a God, that, uh, that you, you, you can't put God in a box. God is love. Yeah, God is love. And some people stop there. But God is also righteousness, and God is also truth, and God is also uh, uh, all-powerful. Uh, we have to come to the conclusion that there is an eternity. That's, that's what success is, understanding that there is an eternity, and we've been created for a purpose, that, that prayer here, you kind, of, you kind of understand that prayer is not just talking to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Some people say, well, prayer is really just settling your heart down. No, prayer is a, it's a two-way street, communication with God. Um, and you know what, really, that, there, that we can live in the light of hope. Uh, so these are the kind of things that, uh, on our bucket list, we need to come to those conclusions some way or another through our own experience or, uh, or listen to a good sermon, or reading a book, or listen to, the, to Joe's podcast. <laughs> you got to come to these conclusions, these understandings, because the, uh, the, uh, the world's success, well, uh, you come back to that great, uh, that, that great uh, scene uh, in the New Testament. Uh, Paul and Silas are in jail, and they, get ac- and they get accused of turning the world upside down. Uh, that's what they're accused of at the uh, in. Um, in the book of Acts. And the world's success, you turn it upside down, and that's going to be godly success, spiritual success, success in the eyes of the Lord, I think. Experience the journey, right? Mm. Experience 
the journey. Let God be in control. Understand that yeah. this life that we're living right now isn't the end of it. There is an eternity. Experience this journey that God has put us on. Make sure we take time to talk to God. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. And, and let him talk back to us and and, and, and experience the and journey. Then, and the journey is, um, well, our goal here is to get to heaven and take as many people with us as possible. So as you're experiencing that journey, might be the next step would be to share your story to share the share what's going on with your life, how God has used you, how God has broken you, how God has healed you, and as you as you share those stories, uh, then then you're bringing folks along with you to get so get to heaven, get bring as many people with you as possible, and maybe have some fun along the way. This is supposed to be a joyful journey, I think. So we have this we have this idea of a bucket list, and people can call them life goals or whatever they want to call them, but we have this idea of a of a bucket list. I think inherently we all want to be. We all want to feel accomplished. Hmm. We all want to feel like we've 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 done something with our lives. But there are things that we can do that 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 lead to that. Yeah, it, it is first being broken, understanding that that God's in control. But then harvest those gifts that we've been talking about the the gifts of uh, uh, that you were given at birth and the gifts that you were given as a, uh, as a spiritual gift. There are things that you can do with your gifts. You can, uh, you can make sure you get right with your enemies. Make, make, make sure you let go of guilt. Make sure that you use your creative gifts. You know, be diligent and break a sweat once in a while kind of a thing and take care of your body. That would be, that would be also on God's bucket list. I think to, to, to take care of the... Uh, Work the, hard and be yeah. tired. <laughs> Seriously. Right. And, and you know what? I, I, can't, I think I end the book kind of with this idea of on your bucket list... You need to need to learn to love and be loved. And let me tell you, just a quick story on that. My wife and I, we have had 10 foster babies over the years. Wow. About half of them came with us coke exposed in the womb. So they get these these DTs, they, they, they get the shakes. These little little four-pound babies, five-pound, three-pound babies, with, they get the shakes because their, their mom ingested cocaine while she was, uh, uh, before she gave birth. My wife taught, taught us, taught her, the, the, my, my kids and us how to hold this baby, just gently snuggle the baby through these things. And so my high school son, Max, was holding this little baby, just watching TV or something, and the shakes start, these, these, the DTs. So he holds the baby through, and then he hands the baby back to my wife, and he starts storming around the house saying, how could a mother do this to her baby? You know, you think Max ever did cocaine later on? No way, because he saw what went on. But here's the point. You can love cocaine out of a baby. Most of those baby kids that we've kept track of, you could love the cocaine out of a baby. Um, and that first year of life, uh, any of you young parents out there, your kids are learning how to love and how to be loved. So uh, I would challenge you, um, hold your babies, hold your babies, uh, moms and dads, and love the crud out of them. Again, and if you can love cocaine out of a baby, you can love joy and fulfillment and grace and awesomeness into a baby. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, find somebody to love today and, and let yourself be loved. That's hard for some people to do, to let themselves be loved. Am I preaching now, Joe? I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it, you know, you, you bring up some good points. and we, So we have this bucket list, Jay. And we make this list and the chances of, unless, unless you have a very small list, the chances of us getting to every single thing on that bucket list is not 100%. Uh, we may have those things on our bucket list. That's not necessarily God's path for us. So how do we make that decision? 
And, and how do we make decisions on what path to go down as we're, as we're experiencing life, as we're going through our bucket list and we're, we're trying to follow God's way. Well, uh, Joe, a lot of these things I'm going to say won't be surprised. You've you've heard before, but if you want to, if you want to fulfill God's purpose and, and get those bucket list items checked off, you got to do things like pray, stay in communication with God. You got to dig into scripture and trust scripture. Uh, sometimes we fight it. We open the Bible passage. We fight it. You got to trust Scripture, and also, uh, you know, this again, not nothing, not a new thought, but seek wise counsel. There are people in your life, younger or older, at church, neighbors, friends, uh, who uh, who uh, you can trust. You need to kick around ideas with. So seek wise counsel, and and the Holy Spirit will say, "Oh, that's not wise counsel." He'll help you through that. And then um, uh, we all have different gifts. And we all have our little quirks and our little shortcomings in our in our strengths. You got to find your own place in this world, uh, and uh, you know, don't be ever be afraid to ask. Ask, and you can receive. So keep, keep asking God, "What do you have for me? What do you have for me today? What do you have for me in this conversation?" Even as I leave our our our, our radio studio today, Joe, I'm going to say, "Okay, what God? What did you have for me today in that?" And then finally, uh, this is a great uh, scripture quote. I can't remember the reference right offhand, but it's the idea that. Do what God puts right in front of you. God puts something right in front of you. Do it to the best of your ability, to the best of your strength, because that's what you're called to do at this very moment. Um, and uh, let God take care of the rest. The book is What If God Wrote Your Bucket List? 52 Things You Don't Want to Miss by Jay Payleitner. Uh, forward by Josh McDowell. And uh, in fact, Ken Blanchard calls it enjoyable, non-preachy, a great read and a great blessing. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to use this book, Jay. Hmm. Uh, this book, I don't know if you intended it this way, but this book is almost like a weekly devotional. You can sit down on Saturday morning or on Sunday morning. It's a quick read. I think this is... Uh, it's 52 it's chapters, exactly. 181 pages, yeah. 52 well, chapters. Well, uh, <laughs> you can sit down on a, on a Saturday morning and read through this and, and say, okay, well, what is God... What God has obviously blessed you to write a book mm. and has and has spoken through you, I believe, uh, in this book. So I think it's appropriate to say, what does God want for me in this week? And mm. just go through the book week to week. I think we might surprise ourselves what God has in store for us. Um, yeah, I'll give you, I'll send you an email in a year and, and we'll, we'll talk about how that worked out for you, Joe. So again, the book <laughs> is What If God Wrote Your Bucket List by Jay Payleitner. Jay, thank you so much. Can we talk a little bit about your own personal faith? Uh, that'd be a privilege. I, I, I love uh, sharing my story. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Well, I, I was raised in a godly family, as we talked about with that, my story earlier about uh, my dad and mom making sure that we got to church that Sunday morning after the rainstorms. But you got to own your own faith. You can't own your, you, you can't depend on your, your parents' faith. So there are moments that I can look back when I was 10, when I was about 16, um, uh, there's some moments. But really, it wasn't until I was, uh, had uh, kids of my own that I really understood the concept of what grace was and what uh, the brokenness we had to come before uh, before uh, the Lord. Uh, and I and I totally remember it. I was a volunteer at our church with the, with the high school kids. I was in my mid twenties, and you know how how handsome guys in their mid twenties uh, are, are so effective with with high schoolers. But I was figuring out my own faith, which is very funny. Uh, and our uh, our youth pastor played this really corny video of uh, uh, of a 
and maybe some of you guys remember this from decades ago, uh, of a puppeteer studio and some kids come in and, and, and they wreck it and, they, and, and then they get in front of a judge and the puppeteer says, send them, send them to work with me for the summer. And then the kids, one by one, at the end of the movie, they go out and look up at the starry sky and say, I give my life to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember watching this, and I'm again, I'm a youth volunteer, and I'm thinking, well, that is so corny. I mean, what's just, just a few words saying that? I mean, that just makes no sense at all. That's, that's too easy just to say some words to find salvation. So I said, well, I thought about it for a couple of days. Yeah, I can do that. I, I can go say a couple of words. So I went out, looked up at the starry sky, and I couldn't. I couldn't say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm broken before you because I really hadn't come, I really hadn't come to, that, to that realization. Uh, and I really realized that, oh, that's really what I got to do. So about two days later, after processing it, I didn't talk to my wife about this at all. I finally got the courage, and, and my friend had given me some scripture verses, like, oh, and I did. I went outside and did, and did exactly that. I can remember the night. It was a fall evening. Um, after I had, it was a Wednesday night after I had had some of these kids in my house. I got the youth kids in my house. I'm teaching them about Jesus, but I hadn't accepted Christ as my Savior yet myself. It was fascinating. And so I went out and said, Jesus, I'm, I, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I can't do this on my own. Come into my life. And uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. The punchline of that whole story was at the same season of life, we talked about it years later, my wife, through her friends, came to, Christ, came to know Christ that same, that same season of life. And uh, what a blast it has been ever since then. So you really planted your flag. You drew your line in the sand about 25 years old, right? Kind yeah. of mid-20s, yeah. yep. is that right? Exactly mid-20s. Right. Since that time, have you ever had a time where you doubted your faith or even the existence of God? Well, what's really interesting is I always knew there was a God. Uh, growing up, I, there was a God, and I knew about this Jesus character, and I knew, and I knew the stories. So I never really doubted God, but it was that I, the personal relationship, the idea that 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 his life had to overlap with mine was what I came to that realization in my mid-20s. So I would, I would point to that as my moment of salvation. But before that, and since that, of course there's a God. So the idea that, Joe, you're asking if, there's, if I've ever doubted that God exists? No, of course there's a God. How else do you explain this universe? I mean, there's all kinds of ways to, uh, I mean, even a, a scientist, when they get down to the nuts and bolts of it, they got to go, yeah, we can't explain this. This had to start someplace. Um, so, uh, no, I've never actually doubted. I've done creepy things. I've, I've made mistakes. I've, I've been sinful and lustful and, uh, you know, co- covetous. But uh, and that's in, in moments of brokenness since my moment of salvation. And I think we all do that kind of thing. But um, no, I've never doubted that God exists and he's in control and I can trust him, you know, thankfully. Finally, as we wrap up, Jay, what would you say to that person that, doesn't necessarily believe in God right now, doesn't have a personal faith, uh, and they're standing right on faith's edge, Yeah, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God. Everybody will come to that moment of, what are they going to do with this, this the person of Jesus? And did he exist or did he not? Did, did he die for my sins? Did he not? So um, if I'm talking to that person, I'm going to say, listen, I can't make this decision for you. I can tell you what, uh, how Jesus has changed my life. I can talk about how his 12 disciples 
all uh, all all uh, were were uh, died a painful death because they followed him. I can talk about biblical truths and how there are hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus, and so there's intellectual decisions to make. But really, if you, uh, I would say to this person, depending on and if they are a scientist or a lover, what their motivation is, I would say, boy, if you got, if you want to chase your dreams, you got to dream. Jesus is going to help you chase that dream. You're going to find satisfaction and joy and purpose by crossing that line and making that decision. But I can't make it for you. If you've got any questions, I'd be glad to ask you. Can I pray with you now? I don't think we can say anything more than that. Jay Payleitner, the book again is What If God Wrote Your Bucket List? 52 Things You Don't Want to Miss. Thanks for hanging out today, man. Thanks, Joe. God bless you. Keep at it. God bless you, brother. Jay's website is jpayleitner.com. That's J-A-Y-P-A-Y-L-E-I-T-N-E-R, and all of his work is available on Amazon.com. These links, as well as all the other links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 121. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 121. I love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If this show entertained you, encouraged you, informed you, or brought value to you in any way whatsoever, Will you consider using any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com? We're going to get a modest commission for your purchase, but it won't cost you a penny more. Well, that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you so much to Jay Payleitner for being with us, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you.